We're coming in hot with inspiring guests, witty banter, and colorful commentary for today's veterans and military community. This is the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. They call me crazy because I'm facing all my giants. They try to scare me into thinking I can't fight it. They tell me I should never even think of trying. But that's just me. I'm going to live out in defiance. Well, hello, Alphas. It's been a long time. Seven days, exactly, since we've seen you last. And tomorrow, your national commander is going to be on TV. Are you going to watch that? Are you going to hear him talk to Congress? Maybe he's going to get up in their face? I don't know. He's probably going to, he's a little more diplomatic than I am. So he probably won't get up in their face. Look down there, more diplomatic. Ashley Marie Gutemore. It's me. Hi, Jeff. Where you at? Where are you hanging? Well, right now I'm I'm in New Jersey. As you can tell, there's nothing on my back wall anymore. I am moving and it's all going great. It's growing. It's going real good. They said that they there's not enough time to schedule movers. And when we get there, there's no house for us. So it's going to be awesome. You know, that's a perfect military operation. Yeah, I think that they're doing a bang up job. <laughs> Which is shocking because it's the Air Force. I, they'll probably put you in the Ritz, though, until... Well, yes, of course they would. I mean, they wouldn't never. I mean, they wouldn't put us in a Hampton Inn. My God. No, no. A Marriott? No. 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 Four Seasons Ritz. Four, that's right. Full per diem. All right. Oh, my goodness. We go from the Air Force to, I don't know if you people out there saw the January, I've been told episode of the magazine the magazine that the content is something y'all should be reading even if you don't like the ads you need to read the content of the magazine and the cover was about video games video gaming the savior of the american legion the young people are going to storm our doors because we put xboxes in our bars okay uh we have a story. We have a story. Ashley, you have a story. You have a lot here. I got a lot. I got a lot. Let's crack on, right? All right. Let's do this. Okay. New World War II video game drops players into Italy, North Africa campaigns, militarytimes.com. Steam's Company of Heroes 3 will once again bring strategic battles of World War II to life with missions this time around exploring Italy and North Africa. While many World War II games have centered on Pacific and European fronts, less attention has been given to some of the major military campaigns that took place along the Mediterranean Sea. Steve Millet, executive producer at Relic, told Military Times that game creators were inspired to iterate on the first two Company of Heroes games with something more granular that he hopes history buffs will appreciate. When we picked up the Mediterranean theater, that was one of the ways that we found that we could give players variety, he said. So you've got the deserts. Nope. So you've got the deserts of North Africa that have the wide open spaces. You have Italy, which comes with coastal regions and good desserts, urban regions, farmland, rural regions. Oh, come on. They're going to put rural regions in this long. OK, rural regions and mountainous regions. In the process of development, adherence to historical accuracy remained a primary component for game designers. For the maps, the world, and the rendering, we use archival footage. We've done a lot of that, Mille said. We, we had people who were sending us drone footage of Italy. We had a colleague of ours who was from Italy who brought drone footage just so you could get the vegetation and the feel of the mountains and all that. 
As far as the characters, technology and world building, research was incredibly involved. We were looking at color photographs at the time, and we were trying to make our palette look like the color, the Kodachrome color palette, so that we could use the vibrancy of some of those colors, Miele added. Internally, our team is studying books or online or going to places, but we also visit war museums. We've also partnered up with a few of experts. We've also partnered up with a few of experts that can tell us if these are the accurate weapons and where they appeared. Still, not everything in a strategy game can be entirely accurate all the time. Mele notes, engaging gameplay isn't always the result of keeping things precise in accordance with the historical framework. We do our best to find that balance between accuracy and authenticity. And for storytelling reasons, we want players to feel immersed and feel like everything is authentic as it can be, Mele said. But we're not restricted or beholden to 100% accuracy. There are four factions in the game. U.S. forces, British forces, Wehrmacht, and Dutch Afrikorps. Okay. The game will feature not only captivating history and geographical settings, but will allow for several different modes of play, including, including campaign, multiplayer, and co-op versus AI. Wow. AI. Yes. There's a lot going on in there. There's a you lot a video going on gamer? in there. I love some observations on, on the on the thing. If his name is Melee, what a great name for a, a violent video game. Melee. <laughs> nice. That's a great name. Now, Italy, I don't know if people out there know the Jeff Daly military history, but uh, Italy was where I was in a helicopter that fell out of the sky. It was, oh. in, a, it was in a cherry tomato farm down in the Mediterranean of Italy. So I have fond memories. And, and uh, are we talking to the ghosts of Jeff Daly? What happened? No, no. Well, now we just, here's the thing. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. So we took off from the ship and you've seen where they have the big hooks that are, mm -hmm. you know, taller than you are that carry like trucks and things like that. Someone in the Navy, I'm calling them out, did not remove the hook. So oh as we God. were flying, it went up <gasps> and busted the props. Oh no. So yeah, we crash landed at a, we made ketchup out of a cherry tomato farm. And uh, that was, that was amazing. Now everybody on mine lived six months later, the same thing happened again. They went into the water, which is hydraulic, which means doors don't open. I mean, the doors were hydraulic, which means they don't open underwater and oh, nobody, nobody made it out. So Jeez. traumatized twice. You lived a helicopter crash. Yes, I hope that's in the game. What's that? I hope this is in the game. Yeah. And this, here's my thing about a game about history. You already know who's going to win. Oh, yeah. But if you play really well, can you alter history? Can, can you do all? I hope not history? in this case in the World War II history. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Mm -mm. They just yep. automatically make you lose. <laughs> Good. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So that's my thing about historical video games. I'm like, well, how do, how do you? You could just. Phone it in and you're going to win or lose. It's predetermined. Yeah, well, usually the historical stuff is lame, right? Because they <laughs> are, you know, or, or it's just like too educational. But this, you know, we've come such a far away. I bet it's pretty cool. Well, I mean, Melee's on the job. Melee's on it. What did you have to say? Know. Urban, what'd you have to say? Urban. Oh, rural. <laughs> Oh, rural. rural. Rural regions. Okay. That reminds me of the 30 Rock episode, The Rural Juror. 
uh, where you're just like, oh, that poor, the poor characters in that episode. <laughs> oh, Holly remembers me having to say, what, what did I have to say? Oh, British soldiers. British Remember? soldiers. That was when we were there for the rock. And now I can say it. Yeah. Nailed it. Was, it. Uh, yeah, that's that was the time you got to see angry Jeff Daly, and I was really only angry at myself. Yeah, but ooh wee, I was pissed off. All right, so we're gonna leave the video game world. We're gonna go back into the real world. We're gonna climb into the time machine though again today and share another interview that we did with OG AMG and Hillvet CEO Justin Brown while we were at SVA NetCon in Orlando. Ashley Goodermuth, maybe you can grab a snack or something. Go for another run and pick up garbage while you wait. We're going to catch back up with you for rapid fire. Anyway, we're going to be back with Justin right after the break. By pulling out your cell phone and simply typing www.legion.org forward slash action, you have at your fingertips our legislative priorities. With one press of a button, you can let your congressmen and your senators know what the American Legion wants to pass, and you can do it every single day. The power is in our hands. You just have to take the opportunity to use it. Alphas, welcome back from the break. We're here with Justin Brown, founder and CEO of Hillvets. Justin, welcome to the Tango Alpha Lima experience. Yeah, I'm awesome. Thanks for having me today. How's your, how's your time here? Uh, it's been incredible. I mean, we have all these amazing student veterans coming from all across the country. Uh, you know, a lot of folks who are, uh, it, it had an incredible military experience and are now, you know, taking that to the next level with an education and trying to figure out what's next. And it's been a lot of fun to see uh, the energy, the excitement, um, the passion, you know, that veterans uh, bring and, 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 you know, in talking to them and trying to get a better understanding of how, to, how they want to continue serving. So it's been fun. Uh, well, what's next for you is you're going to get queried uh. by somebody I think you know, Ashley Marie Golbuja. You're so fun, Jeff. Oh, my. Justin, welcome to the show. Of course. So I, for some reason, I've always got the first question because I typically talk to those. So you're welcome, Jeff. But what I want to ask you is a little bit of the origin story behind Hillbats. You know, what was the CNE Philippine moment? Yeah, so, you know, I, th I always like to tell this story, but I always think it's funny as well that people assume that I like had this grand plan to start a nonprofit organization, and, and I totally didn't. I, really have always been the person that thinks there's actually too many veteran nonprofits already. Um, and I still believe that if there's a way to figure out um, how to help the existing nonprofits, I'm always kind of pro that. If you can um, you know, get involved with an American Legion or a VFW and, and still help in a meaningful way, like I'm all about that. I was a VFW American Legion guy myself um, got very involved in the BFW and the American Legion in, in Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, it's actually, I actually got my start with the American Legion in, in, a, in a service office uh, at the VA in Salt Lake City uh, as a college work study. Um, what happened with Hillvets was really, we, you know, I, I, I noticed while I was in Washington, D.C., and I guess to back up a little bit, you know, Navy veteran, 
went home to Utah to go to school, finished my degree, got an internship on Capitol Hill. But when I came to Washington, D.C., it was really rough. There was really nobody bringing veterans together in a meaningful way. There was no networking. Um, I, I didn't even really know any veterans for, for quite a long period of time, honestly, um, while I was in Washington, D.C., working on Capitol Hill. I only knew of one other post-9-11 veteran at all that worked on Capitol Hill, um, and he was a, a Republican on the, the uh, Foreign Affairs Committee. I was a Democrat on the Foreign Affairs Committee. And so, you know, that kind of stuck with me for a long period of time. You fast forward a little bit, I ended up lobbying for the BFW. Um, I went to the VA and while I was at the VA, I finally kind of had this idea that it, it was like, you know, I'm going to get together a couple friends. We're all going to send out an email to all of our friends that are veterans and we're going to invite them to a Capitol Hill bar, uh, bull feathers and see what happens. And we did that and it ended up being our first networking happy hour. Um, you know, and then from there we did that for a number of years. Um, but we also kind of shared this story when we asked the idea if we were going to raise money to help veterans in our space, what would we do? And we all kind of shared this story of coming to Washington, D.C. And, and, and initially struggling with housing and it just being so expensive. And, um, and so we kind of went after that component. We launched Hill Vets House. I know that was a lot. So. Yeah. Well, which I've been to the Hill Vets House. Absolutely gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. And I've had an opportunity to get to know some of the Hillbet Fellows. And every experience that they've shared with me has been positive and reaffirming because as you, as you stated, there was just this, what am I going to do? How am I going to, just, it comes back down to the financials, right? Like I really have this amazing opportunity, but I don't have a place to, to live or I don't know if I can even you know survive on a, on a salary on the hill right or if I'm interning and I'm not getting paid or you know all of these different function junctures that happen so um, having an opportunity to experience what you have built has been such a great honor and I'm so proud of you and all the things you've been doing um, but uh, you know in regards to the origin story I find it fascinating that it started just with the networking piece and as we're here at Student Ventures of America uh, conference it's 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 nice to see some of that, that same uh, ideation that's, that's happening here for the students and how they can bring resources like Hillbets and uh, other programs out there back to them. And, you know, maybe you'll see an increase in influx of, uh, of folks trying to come to D.C. And, I mean, if, if that were the case, like, how would, how would you feel about that? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, personally, I think it's great. I mean, uh, right now, Congress is one of the... Uh, lowest hires of military veterans in the federal government. And when I say one of, they are the worst hire of, 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 of um, veterans in, in the federal government. Somewhere around, it's been a while since we've, we've done a poll, but the last time we did it, it was around 2%. And to put that in perspective, uh, you know, I think VA, DOD, some of those bigger agencies are well above 40%. Um, and when you think about how much of uh, you know, how much legislation, how much legislation is related to the military and veteran experience, it's incredibly significant. Um, you know, you've got the DOD budget, you've got the VA budget, you've got foreign affairs, you've got, you know, on and on and so forth. I mean, a great deal of what we're legislating is related to our experience. So to have such a low number of staff working on those issues is frankly a little concerning. Um, additionally, we we're at one of the lowest numbers we've uh, been uh, for a very long period of time. 
uh, with regards to elected members of Congress who are military veterans themselves. Um, that number's bumped a little bit, but um, you know, so on, on my end, the more veterans that I see coming to Washington, D.C., wanting to continue serving their nation um, is incredibly important. As far as our capacity, you know, that's, that's certainly another issue. But, um, you know, I think there's certainly room for more veterans. And, you know, even, even if we don't have the housing component, which we usually do, or we can figure it out in time, um, you know, I think there are other ways that we can help. And there are other organizations, frankly, that can also help that we can point them in their direction. That's fantastic. That's absolutely fantastic. I'll, uh, I'll pass it over to Jeff. Hey, well, we talked briefly before, yeah. uh, and you mentioned, because uh, I, I came, I've come to this with very little exposure to your organization, and you, you spoke of two main programs. Yep. Leadership and fellowship. Can you walk us through what those are? Yeah, sure. So uh, the Hillvets House Fellowship is mostly what we, we kind of previously talked about. Um, so we'll have veter veterans, uh, service members, spouses, and survivors are all welcome to all of our programs. Um, so uh, they apply to the program. Um, we you know consider them for the Hillvets House. We'll talk about the House Fellowship first. Um, if they're accepted, uh, they will bring them to the house. We have both out of house and in-house fellows. So some folks don't need the housing component. Maybe they're already in Washington, DC. Maybe they um, are married and have a, a situation that works for them. Um, but then we will help them find a fellowship on Capitol Hill, uh, House, Senate, Democrats, Republicans. Uh, we work with the veteran on, you know, kind of where they're at politically um, to make sure that they're successful. Um, and then once they get the fellowship, they're usually in the fellowship between four and eight months. And the goal of our program is, is it, we don't have what I would call an experiential program. You know, there are like fellowships um, on Capitol Hill, which are like, oh, you come in, you do a year and then you go back to your job. We're actually trying to find veterans jobs on Capitol Hill. Or if, you know, and, and to be honest with you, like Capitol Hill is, doesn't work for a lot of people. It's hard hours, brutal pay. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough job. Um, it's a very fulfilling job. I, I've done it, I found it very fulfilling, um, but it's not for everyone. And so a lot of our veterans decide that. And, you know, from there, a lot of our folks either go into the federal agencies uh, or they go to the VSOs. I mean, American Legion has hired quite a number of our Hill Vets House Fellows, actually. All right. Yeah. And, uh, and then the leadership. Yeah, the leadership. So Hill Vets Lead is the name of our leadership program. And uh, what we tried to do with that is, uh, is, as Ashley mentioned, you know, we really started with this idea of, you know, and when I back up and I look at Hillvets, I really view it as the community for veterans in, in, in DC and kind of government and policy. Um, and so we really wanted to start with that networking component. That's where we did start and it made sense. Um, then we had the, the housing component to help veterans get into this, this community from wherever they were, from Oregon, New York, uh, California, Michigan, um, <laughs> and, 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 and then, you know, once they got here, once they got jobs, you know, we wanted to answer the question of how can we help them start to think about moving up, you know, the, the professional uh, revolving staircase, if you will, is what I like to call it in Washington, D.C. Um, and you know, so what we did is we reached out to a, a, you know, an incredible amount of really top tier leaders. We have former Secretary of Defense Chuck Hagel, 
uh, former uh, Secretary of the Air Force, Deborah James. We have, we've had Phil Rowe, who was chairman of the House Veterans Affairs Committee. So Dems, Republicans, uh, media types, um, you know, DOD types, uh, General Casey has been very involved. And, and, and pairing uh, these incredible leaders with, um, frankly, incredible veterans, service members, spouses, and survivors who have kind of gotten their, their start, they're doing pretty well, but how can we help them start to think about, you know, what are next steps and learning from some really, really top level leaders in terms of, and having very frank discussions about, you know, what worked for you, what didn't work for you, um, you know, how, how did you start to think about, you know, major next steps that kind of ultimately resulted in getting you to a different airspace, if you will. Right. And so that, that's Hillbet's lead. I think our applications are actually open for that right now. Our Hillbet's house, or yeah, Hillbet's lead applications are open right now. Um, uh, Hillbet's house fellowship is revolving, so that's always open. So um, if, if there is somebody uh, that you know of, or if it's you and you're interested, uh, please check us out at hillbets.org. You can find information on both programs there. All right, the Hill House, it sounds like it would be a cool reality show. Uh, yeah, people yeah. people do love that idea. They bring it up. I, I actually, I joke about it. I say Hillbets House is like, take Jersey Shore with house of cards and sprinkle veterans on top, you know, and then you got Hillbets House. Yeah. Well, yeah, you have these, you have these younger uh, veterans who are students representing both parties in this house. I can imagine the, the discussions that go on and... yeah. Yeah, and you know, and I think the funny part is, and you, I think I even thought this when we were putting it together. I was like, I don't know if this is a good idea. Yeah, and what's what's hilarious is like the neighborhoods embrace them, the neighbors have embraced them. Um, they're overall, I mean, you know, they've been a pretty nose down uh, bunch. I mean, they're coming in, they're serious, they're trying to get a job, like they're not screwed around. Um, some high level achievers. Yeah. I say so myself. Like having met some, I'm always impressed. It's yeah. the caliber of what they intend to do and will do. Just they're always going to exceed expectations. Yeah. Yeah. So if there's many big parties at the house, it was either because we threw them as an organization <laughs> or, um, or they were they were astute enough to not let us find out about it. So, <laughs> you know, so overall, we're doing great. All right. I, I do have a question. What advice would you give to those that are, are interested in coming to D.C., you know, uh, interested in government and policy, especially with your robust background and, um, and getting started in that? What advice would you would you give to aspiring, aspiring you know, continued service uh, leaders? Yeah, I think, um, well, <laughs> some of the advice that I got from a Utah state senator uh, that that I asked that same question to actually when I was heading to Washington DC was, and this is more funny, I don't, he was also being hammered by the media at the time, but he told me, Justin, and it was Senator Orrin Hatch, and he said, Justin, make lots of friends, which I do think is excellent advice. And then he said, don't believe the media, <laughs> which, you know, again, he was, he was kind of getting hammered at the time. Um, but, you know, I think, I think overall, um, you know, certainly networking is important. In, in, in policy and politics. And, and, and it is because, you know, in working, if you want to get involved in policy, um, then it's really important to be able to have conversations with people and get a sense of where they're at and, and, and the art of the possible, right? Um, 
when I was a staff director for one of the VA subcommittees, um, I was I was in the minority. So basically, for me to be effective, I had to come up with good ideas and give them away, and and be okay with the lack of pride of ownership, but you know also maybe getting my members some wins because they were you know attached to this. Um, and so I think, you know, for a young person who's initially trying to, you know, maybe not young, we have a lot of retirees as well that, that, that have done great um, getting out of service and coming to Capitol Hill. Um, I, think, I think having an idea of, of what you're particularly passionate about is super helpful, um, whether, whether that is veteran policy, defense policy, but we have a lot of veterans who are like, you know, honestly, I'm more interested in agriculture. This is what matters the most to me. Um, so I think, I think having a sense of like where you would kind of want to specialize is helpful because that will help you hone in on who it is that you need to network with to possibly land somewhere that will start to help you become effective. Um, but on the flip side of that, I would also say, you know, there's also, I don't know if it's a saying, but you know, it's, it's kind of the get your foot in the door strategy. And sometimes that's just as important, which is just, you know, it may not be the exact job you want right out of the gate. Um, but I think having a sense of where you're trying to go, but then getting your foot in the door and then understanding that it may not be that first job, you know, nobody comes to Capitol Hill, Washington, DC, I mean, I interviewed Secretary Hagel here two days ago. He started in the basement as an intern. I started in the basement as an intern. Neither of us were writing bills. <laughs> neither, of us, neither of us were making real policy choices. Um, but I think we both had a sense of what we were passionate about. And that, that, that drove us and it kind of drove us through the, you know, it kept us motivated during the, the lower level, get the coffee, you know, not so great jobs. I, that's eloquently put. I think that's sage advice for all the alphas out there, all of, our, all of our viewers. If you're interested in government policy, as Justin said, you know the art of possible. It, this could be an avenue for you. And as you stated, yeah, if if you want to specialize and you want to get your foot in the door, there are opportunities both here that we've seen at Student Veterans of America conference, but also just some hidden gems like you know, Hill Vets. So, so all of these amazing organizations that exist and. For any of the alphas out there that are with our Legion posts, you know, there are opportunities to support and provide resources in the same caliber to uh, help help us and help folks that are aspiring to do more for our communities. So thank you so much. All right. Is there anything else you want to get out there to the good people? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I would just say, you know, I, I think now more than ever, when you look at America's political situation, um, the, the American veteran is more important in politics than they ever have been. I think as a, as a veteran, we all share a unique identity that for me at least, and I think for most veterans, Trump's partisan pol politics and, and certainly Trump's partisan pol or Trump's parties. So, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a Navy veteran before I'm a Utah Democrat, which makes me a very moderate Democrat. but. I think what we have allows us to cross lines and it allows us to see each other as Americans who have served our nation first. And we really are lacking that as a country right now. And we do need more unity and we need to get back to the idea that, you know, we can talk to each other, we can compromise and we can do what's right for our nation first. Nobody better to do, to do that than America's veteran right now. And, you know, I know that's 
uh, aligned with the American Legion and everything you guys have done for you know so many years, um, as well as the rest of our traditional veteran groups who recognize the the power of uh, veterans and recognize that our, our status as veterans matters more than our political parties. All right. All right. Well, thanks so much for being here. Appreciate you guys. Um, thank you, Alphas, for watching. Be sure to check this organization out. They have some deadlines coming up to apply. Yep. Um, if you want to get in on the Hill House. Yep. Hill Vets House. Yeah. Hill Vets House. That's well. The reality show will be called Hill House because <laughs> it just kind of rolls. Yeah, it does roll. It does roll. Tomorrow on Hill House. So thank you so much for next time. Me. Next time on Alpha Live, <laughs> Hill Vets House or Hill House. Take over Hill House. Hill House. Oh, that could be it. the Alphas take over Hill House. <laughs> you if go. you put in enough applications, it could happen. But we're going to be right back after the break to talk about Justin and his organization when he's not here. So stay tuned for that and have a good break. The American Legion is raising awareness about PTSD and veteran suicide by offering hope, camaraderie, and support. Be the one to help end veteran suicide. The goal of the American Legion's Be The One campaign is to destigmatize asking for mental health support. Be the one to ask a veteran in your life how they're doing. Be the one who saves one veteran. Go to BeTheOne.org and help the American Legion end veteran suicide. Will you be the one? Welcome back, listeners. We're going to trade out Ashley's again. This is AMG 2.0. All right, that was a great interview and very timely since the American Legion members and other veterans organizations will be on Capitol Hill in the next week sharing their legislative priorities with members of Congress. You can follow along with our coverage and the National Commander's testimony at legion.org or check the show notes for specific resources. I was trying to read what Holly wrote and also read what holly's miming on the screen is i didn't know which i didn't know which to follow uh ashley I, I, are, are you as big a fan as of rapid fire as i am oh maybe more so because it's rapid and it's crazy i haven't done this this to you yet but starting soon i'm going to put something in there that has nothing to do with our mission and things we can just make fun of because okay yeah usually one out of, i used to do one out of the three cb liked to make fun of things and oh we got to have him on with you one day you guys will you guys will do bond. that whole yeah okay and you won't get canceled because he's the top lawyer okay <laughs> all right here we go we're loaded up locked and loaded with wit and wisdom and we're going to put it on the target, on the moving target of pew, 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 rapid fire. All right, rapid fire number one. This is my favorite. This is a feel good story. Okay. <laughs> I'm a US Marine turned Hooters girl. People thank me for my service of their wings. All right, this is a great story. From the US Sun, thesun.com. A US Marine has found a second career as a Hooters girl, and people thank her for her service. Kaylee Bush has served and is still serving, doing her duty on the force and in the food industry. She shared her two jobs in a video with over 37,000 TikTok followers. When you go from the military to customer service, she said, standing in her orange Hooters uniform, 
and you sound like you should. She almost spat out at a customer before remembering she's now a waiter. God bless you, she corrected. It's a learning curve. All right. What do we think of this? Hey, got to earn some money, right? I'm not sure what is she saying there when you go from military to customer service standing there and you sound like you and then it's probably like somebody said something like and she was about to tell him to shut tfu or something and she cut herself off oh okay which i have not learned that adjustment quite yet Mm -hmm. um it's you gotta work on that filter yeah 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 that's fair oh no it's Um, there i just ignore it you just ignore it. You, you throw it away. I um, I couldn't be a Hooters girl for a, a, a lot of reasons. And the top of that list is repression. Uh, so I applaud <laughs> anybody doing whatever they want to do. Um, go for it, you know? Go for do, it. Yeah. I mean, maybe she was in the Air Force and she was in an air wing and now she's serving... Now she's serving hot wings. I don't think I've ever, have you ever been to a Hooters? Oh yeah. Oh, (laughs) that was the creepiest. (laughs) You should not be allowed within a hundred feet of a Hooters saying like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've got the pictures. I got the, I got the pictures. I know all the girls' names. They all want to date me too. Oh Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I can't choose. So we just got to go. They, they, they always participate in the veterans day, you know, free meal thing. Oh yeah. Cool. And there's one on Hollywood. There was one on Hollywood Boulevard. There is not any more. So I'll have a moment of silence and uh spicy garlic sauce. The, anyway, so yep, I have been, I have been, I, I believe I have a Hooters of Kalamazoo t-shirt <laughs> because <laughs> that's so Jeff Daly. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're going to go, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna grow up a little bit for rapid fire number pew pew two. Wisconsin Post provides proper send off to deploying commander. This is from the illustrious journalistic organization called the American Legion at Legion.org. Since becoming commander of Paul Herrick Post 21 in Kenosha, Wisconsin, last summer. 37-year-old Matt Christensen has made it a point to stress the family side of the American religion. But recently, Christensen, whoa, Christensen was shown firsthand the strength of that Legion family bond. A 12-year member of and captain in the Army National Guard, Christensen recently found out that he was going to be deployed to the Horn of Africa for a tour of approximately six months, serving as a chief engineer. But before he departs, members of Post 21's Legion family made sure he got a proper send off and an assurance that his family that he's leaving behind will not be alone. That's a feel good story. Yeah. Yeah, it feels pretty good. Um, I think that's nice. They're coming together for his family because that's a big thing. You know, six months, it's not a short amount of time. Um, and. I think it's it's just that's nice. You know, we have the I think it's called an oh, it's FRG Family Readiness Group for is for the Army where they um, 
kind of have the families come together to try to help them to make sure that they have all the things that they need, especially with the National Guard, because they, and a lot of times, um, aren't near their post or base, if you're, you know, the reserves, and they their families are kind of, they're kind of spread out. They don't have that sense of community. They're not near a base. They're not near a commissary. They don't know all of their benefits. So the, the reserves and the guard came out with yellow ribbon. You can go to yellow ribbon and it's usually in places like Orlando or Colorado Springs or Denver, places like that, where you go and you can learn all your benefits, which is all really good. But then there's also, you're supposed to have some sense of tie into the base so that you have people to talk to and ask questions. So I think it's really nice that the post 21 is coming together for them. Well, I think also in places where you don't have uh, Foxtrot Romeo Golf. See what I did there? Um, nice. The the American Legion has a family, as Mr. Christensen has pointed out. They can take care of people. The auxiliary will take you. The spouse of any spouse, by the way, doesn't have to be a lady spouse. It could be a gentleman spouse. Okay. Uh, can join the auxiliary. <laughs> and I, th- I think in many places they take on a, a similar role and helping to take care of the, the family when people are on deployment and especially guard because they're not used to going on deployment you know they're like i didn't sign up for this crap uh that but the garden reserve deploy a lot they do a lot well there's a there's a guy I just uh met in the yes and i'm gonna say it the bar i don't say canteen because it's a uh, I just talked to him in the bar and he was like, I've been in the National Guard X number of years and they they sent me on my deployment. Uh, they sent him on a year deployment. Oh, wow. And then they they did they extended him. So he he spent two years after having never been deployed. Oh, my God. I guess they made up for t- they made up for time. <laughs> You're going to do a lump sum. We, we were doing the annuity, uh, <laughs> but went for the lump sum. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely I think it probably depends on the job, too, because I've always been around like flyers that and they deploy a lot. Um, it's but it is for shorter periods. You know, it might be for four months or two months or, um, you know, up to what my husband was gone for seven or so. But he's deployed a bunch of times. <clears throat> is it making you sad? Is it, it? Him, I think that he's done with his deployments. He loves deploying. Because think about it, you train your whole life for something and then you to never actually go and do it seems like, all right, I want to go do I it. I hope they get, get him to shoot down the next balloon. If he shoots down a balloon from a C-17 or a C-130 or a C-5, there's going to be issues. <laughs> that means he's got his... C-130 could from a gunship, but he's never done that. <laughs> that means he's got his handgun out the window. He's got this. Like no, gang... I say that balloon. Stop like recording gang... me. <laughs> like a gang drive-by on that balloon. Bang. Oh Ooh, my God. Is, a... is that our future? <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're going to go pew, 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 number three. Now, this is the last day of February, the last day of, uh, of uh, Black History Month. And we have an African Americans in the U.S. Coast Guard. Where did I get this from? You know. You know out there, my voters, from Legion Town. Whoop. Yes, I'm still running for mayor. Uh, they haven't announced an election, so I probably will be running for mayor indefinitely because there'll never be a vote. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Chief Warrant Officer Melvin W. Williams, Jr., U.S. Coast Guard, retired 
was the first African-American male to make chief in the rating of then aviation survival men, also known as ASM. And then from ASMC to Chief Warrant Officer 2 before retiring. While serving as an ASM 1, he was credited with the development of the flow, float strobe light. I have no idea what that means. I'm going to have to get on Wikipedia. Oh, the she's pointing to her shirt, so I think it's the thing they wear when you go oh. over and helps people find you. Thank you, Melvin. We love that. All right. Uh, while serving as... Uh, nope, he did that. He was the first African-American male to make parachute jumps at NAS, I'm assuming that's the Naval Air Station, Lakehurst, while undergoing parachute rigor training in the CG transition to combining CG aviation. Words. All right. Ordnance men with CG aviation parachute rigor performed three CPRs, rigged, loaded, and dropped the ADAPT system, Nighttime Gila rescued two missing divers and the aid of the Night Sun CGAS Miami. He was awarded the Sikorsky Winged S on February 23rd, 1974 for rescues flying in CG HH-52 stationed at CG Air Station Miami. Love this story, love this guy, but never let military people write articles because... Holy heck. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're in the Coast Guard, please, in the comments on YouTube, write a translation for yeah, the rest of us we who need are help. not in the Coast Guard. But thank you, Melvin. And he, Melvin also submitted this. And if you want to read more about uh, him and others, uh, there will be a link in, there's be a link in the show notes. Then you too can enjoy what Super Producer Holly is enjoying right now, a big bowl of acronym soup. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you, Melvin. Do you have a shout out? I have a shout out. I was just shouting out Melvin Williams. You're going to shout out Melvin? Yeah. Chief Warrant Officer Melvin Williams. I think he's awesome. Shouting out. M-Dub-Dub mm-hmm. Jr. M-Dub-Dub Jr. Okay. So this past weekend, I was, I was in Merced. California, mm. not Mercedes. They're missing the ES. It's just Merced. It's too California. expensive. It's north of here, about four and a half hours. I drove. Um, that's a lot of podcast time. And I went up there for it. It's, uh, it's a membership revitalization. I got to see the Michelle Steinmetz. And Michelle Steinmetz, she did something I didn't think anybody was going to get me to do. She got me to go door knocking for renewals. I didn't think anybody would ever get me to do it. She goes, well, you got to at least try. I'm like, that's not my thing. I think it's like, eh. Good for her, Holly's saying. So, but that's not my shout out. My shout out is to California Post 83 in Merced. They were hosted this double district revitalization. Great post, great people. The commander is 24 years old. 24. He's, he was probably never a commander in the Navy where he uh, served. But he is a commander now, and his name is Curtis. And I learned very early on, do not call him Kurt. They was he Kurt very, about it? Huh? Was he Kurt about it? He, oh, Curtis, were you Kurt about being called Kurt? I'm just asking. He's probably going to write a nasty comment now to us. <laughs> You're not welcome back in Merced. So, and here's some other interesting. So they have a wonderful post. It's a beautiful post. Um, they have, they're like 300 some number post has what my 1300 
Plus post doesn't have is an actual real life Space Force member. Hmm. They have a real life Space Force member. They they are so proud of it. Her picture adorns their wall. <laughs> nice. Because it, yeah, they're so proud of that. And as I told as I told my friends here off camera, at this post is where I had my first ever lumpia. Mm. And my first ever lumpia, and I brought it home. Have you ever had a lumpia, Ashley Guterman? I have. They are delicious. You enjoy them? Do you know how to make them? No, I can't make cereal. You can't make cereal? <laughs> I saw you pour something disgusting on cereal the other day in a video. What was that? That was a, a LaCroix that I poured on cereal in a coffee pot because all my stuff is packed. And I was like, I need a bowl. And uh, that's we've been eating out of coffee pots. They are multi-use. And I will, I will give you, I will give you this credit. You don't just, you don't just show the, no, the you actually, you actually eat it oh, yeah. on camera in front of people. I, I ate it with a um, tape measure. Tape measure, it, yeah. Didn't yeah. have a spoon. You got to adapt and overcome. Improvise, okay. adapt and overcome. It's a Marine Corps term. Air Force should stay away. Anyway. You watch uh, it. You, they always drop the improvise. Well, I would rather plan, plan to plan to improvise, adapt and overcome. If I, why would I have to improvise if I had already planned it, then I would have had the foresight to have a spoon and a bowl. Because the idea is when plans go awry, you can improvise a solution, you can adapt to the situation and you can overcome all obstacles. Okay, I'll try it. It's a little, it's a little ego globe and anchor wisdom bestowed upon you. Did you have, were you in the Marines? How'd you guess? <laughs> well, is that like asking, uh, it's like asking, uh, somebody that went to Harvard if they went to Harvard. Cause you know, you know, in like five seconds. That they oh went. yeah. That's the joke about fighter pilots. How do you know if you're talking to a fighter pilot? He'll tell you. Right. Or the joke about Navy SEALs. How do you know they're a Navy SEAL? Because I'm gonna tell you wrote, the book they wrote. They wrote a book about anything gardening. <laughs> I would love, favorite... I'd buy a Navy SEALs cookbook. Would you? Mm-hmm. It's gonna be like it would be toad. disgusting. Yeah, it's gonna be toads and tree bark soup. Yeah. Actually, that. that sounds actually pretty darn good. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, I think I think we've exhausted this episode with with our silliness and our ridiculousness. Do you want to drop us off at home? Ashley, let's bring it on home. Everybody, I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe. And I know some of you out there are just like mooching and you're not subscribing and you just kind of type it in. And I don't know who you think you are. Subscribe to the Tango Alpha Lima podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. We're not picky, wherever. And please leave us a review and give us a big old five-star rating. Otherwise, I'm coming to your house and I'm stealing all your cupcakes. So the world knows how much you love us. And also, if you have a guest recommendation, go to legion.org forward slash Tango Alpha Lima and click on the suggest a guest link. We want to interview the people that you want us to, please. Unless they're not good, then we won't. Yeah, and then don't suggest it because that would be terrible. What's wrong with you? Like if they answer in monosyllabic answers. So, how was your military experience? Fine. Yeah, we okay. don't want this. Good. All right, Alphas, you know what to do. It's the end of February in 2023. 
We are approaching March, which means the first quarter is coming upon us. And we want to grow that. We want to grow that alpha crowd. We need to grow that alpha crowd. We let's be honest. We have to save America and only you as alphas can do that. The betas, they've had their way for far too long. And we, because of betas, we have things like man buns. We drink things like kombucha and yeah, look at Holly. Holly <laughs> trying to live her best beta life. I'm going <laughs> to, uh-oh. She's like, she's the original alpha. She's the, she's the alpha of the alphas. I think she just said alfalfa though. Anyway, thank you so much for all that you do alphas out there to make the world a better place and to make this show influential within our sphere of influence. And with that, I'm going to call season four, episode one, four, eight, mission complete. That was very David Letterman. Did you see how I just, uh, bye y'all.